PR. It's not just a catchphrase. It's a passion. And it's a career. But sometimes, it can be a headache. So sit back and recover with this PR Hangover, a podcast of Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Brady Mills, and this is probably the only hangover you'll ever look forward to. So you know how a lot of young people like putting public figure in their Instagram bios just to attract their followers and and be trendy? Well, today we have a real public figure on the podcast, and I'm so excited about it. This is Ayana Bozeman, or better known as Ayana Alexis. She is a micro-influencer in the lifestyle, fashion, and beauty space, and she has over 15,000 followers on Instagram, over 18,000 on TikTok, and over 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. But also, she is an influencer marketing specialist at Abercrombie & Fitch. So she really lives both sides of the influencer life. And it it was just a fascinating conversation to get to talk to her. I hope you're as excited as I am. Make sure you stay tuned to the end because she offers some really important advice to students, but also ways that you can get connected specifically with her if you're ever interested in jumping into the influencer space, into the fashion space, or even into the micro-influencing as a content creator space. Ayana is the person for that. Without further ado, here she is. Ayana, so happy to have you here today. I don't know if we've heard from an influencer perspective on this podcast before, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's just get right into it. And I, I, I like to throw the guests a question just to get to know them a little bit so students listening have an idea of your personality. But I think this question might tie right into our conversation for today. Uh, but I would love to know two to three, the niche TikTok communities that we all end up in, but I would like to know yours. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say I dive into the lifestyle niche. So I'm definitely in the lifestyle routine talk. That's a big one for me. Um, I'd have to say cooking talk. That's very interesting. I really like to cook. I have some cooking videos on my TikTok every now and then. And then, of course, fashion talk, putting together outfits and showing my different outfits for the week. That has to be my top three. Okay. Are there, are there any communities you end up in that you're like, this has nothing to do with what I thought I'd be seeing on TikTok? Yeah, I, um, a lot of times I get just like, I don't know, like random funny videos, which I do love. I absolutely love comedy and I like getting those videos, but a lot of times in my FYP, you never know what it's going to be. You never know where you're going to get on TikTok. And that's, I guess the beauty of it all. So definitely always getting some random things there. No, I love it. I, yeah, I end up on like kindergarten teacher TikTok. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know how I got here, but I think it's because I keep watching that I keep ending up here. <laughs> yeah, Brady um, the teacher. It looks like you're going to be a teacher one of these days. Um, but okay, just to go off that real quick, what general thoughts on TikTok? I mean, with the boom these past few years, I assume you deal with that a lot. I know that's part of your job description. What What are your feelings on it? Absolutely. So at first, just like everybody else back during the pandemic, March 2020, we take it back to when we were all locked down. I thought TikTok was so lame. I'm like, this is for kids. This is definitely I'm way too old to be on this app. No way I'm joining TikTok. And then as I'm sitting at home and there's nothing to do, I'm like, crap, I'm actually going to join this app. It's cool. I'm spending two to three if not four or five hours, literally just scrolling through TikTok like we all do. And I found that it's actually a really great platform and it's becoming a platform that's a lot more prevalent than even Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, all of these other platforms that were on. TikTok is just a great way. And I feel like it's a really level playing field for anybody. Anybody can become viral on TikTok. You can literally be sitting there eating a bowl of spaghetti and now you have 10 million followers. So TikTok has been like a really great platform to join. I think just to get your brand out there and 
to gain brand awareness. TikTok is honestly one of my favorite platforms right now to date. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. I want to hear a little bit more on, on using it for branding. Um, but if you could just walk us through your life in influencing, and I know, I know you've been on both sides of it, as I said in, in the introduction for you. Um, I, yeah, I would love to hear yeah, your journey through that, how you ended up on the marketing side and then how they play together. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started back when I was 19. I was a sophomore in college. Um, I was hanging out. YouTube has always been just something that I've really enjoyed watching. And I've been an avid YouTube watcher. So I would watch that more than I would watch TV. So one day I'm like, you know what, why don't I just start my own channel? So I just took it upon myself, started my own channel, started posting videos, never took it too seriously. That's a huge thing. Never take anything too seriously was posting for fun out of passion. And then I quit actually for a year. I was like, nobody's watching this. I'm getting no views. Like this is just lame and it's it's a waste of my time. But then I realized, you know what? I actually miss editing. I miss editing. I actually miss being on social. So started it again, started taking it a little bit more serious. And then I got my first brand deal. And then I was like, oh my God, I actually to this day cannot remember the brand. I wish I could remember it, but I can't. Um, but I was like, oh my God, this could actually be something that's like a side career where I'm actually making some sort of like compensation out of it. So started to become something that I was able to make money from. I started taking it more seriously. And so I was doing this whole college vlog series. So I was a college vlogger. I like showed my life in college, the parties I went to, the different things I was involved in, the different organizations and just like my life in college. And so I vlogged my entire college life and then obviously graduated. So I kind of stopped that series. And now I'm doing like my post-college um, life vlogs, etc. So I actually knew nothing about influencer marketing at first. I only knew about influencing and social media. So I was a micro influencer. I was doing my thing, but I was like, you know what? what is this thing called influencer marketing? I think this is something I would be interested in as a career. And so I started going out and applying for jobs. And previously in college, I had three different internships, one which focused on PR, one which focused on um, another one, which was PR, and then one which was more like communication space. Um, but I think all of that allowed me to get into the position I am today, which is in influencer marketing. So again, knew nothing about it, did a lot of research online, and I landed a job at BoxyCharm, which is a makeup subscription company based in South Florida. So I was like, oh crap, like I can move to Miami right after college. I got all my stuff, moved to Miami, and I was in Miami for three years. So I helped uh, Boxy Charm, basically, I helped the entire influencer marketing department. They didn't have one there, and I really didn't know shit about influencer marketing. But I got in there, learned a lot of things. Um, I was able to make a lot of great relationships with influencers there and just learned so much in the marketplace. It's also really cool to have those two different perspectives from being an influencer, but then also seeing the space from a business perspective. That's actually really, really great and really cool to be able to just intertwine the two. And so after that, um, you know, I was there for three years learned a lot it had a great time being in the beauty space I then now transitioned into the fashion space where I'm currently doing influencer marketing for Abercrombie and Fitch corporate so here um, I'm focused actually on TikTok which is very funny we just talked about it um, it's really cool to just see the business side of that um, but then of course in 2022 I'm starting to work on YouTube and then just our organic strategy so that's all of our gifting and ambassador opportunities that I'm sure a lot of you guys see all the time just with different brands and honestly, it's just been an honor working there. Abercrombie is such a great company to work for. And to be in the fashion space, I feel like that's where I belong. Beauty was great, but fashion, I think, is a little bit elevated. So that's where I am now. It's my, my little spiel. Wow. 
that sounds like a journey. Yes, <laughs> uh, definitely so a journey. Could, could you talk us through like, what is, what was the difference going from a place where both you and the company knew little about influencer marketing to a place where your job is, I assume there's many, there's other people doing influencer marketing if you're just TikTok or if you're primarily TikTok. So yeah, what was that transition going from more of like that startup influencing to a really established influencer? Yeah, so I actually really appreciate that it started at a startup because I learned so much. I was at a startup where I had so many different hats. I was doing influencer marketing, but I was also doing contracts and negotiations. I was also doing creative direction. So it was just me being put into all these different spaces where I really had no idea what I was doing, but I was learning things as a fresh college student, like fresh out of college. You know, we're all like, what the hell are we doing next? Like, what's our plan? And that's something that you don't have to know. Like, you don't have to know exactly what you're doing. Doing right out of college. And I didn't, quite frankly. I was there. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was in this position for a reason. So I learned all I could learn there. And honestly, because I had so many hats in BoxyCharm in my first career, and I was able to transition that into a company that is so much more established, obviously, it's not a startup. We all know Abercrombie, um, but it's not a startup. It's been around for years and years, um, and they've got their influencer marketing pretty much down. It just allowed me to go in there and to focus on bigger projects. Like I'm not doing so much busy work, but I'm now elevating. I've learned the fund fundamentals, and now I'm learning and elevating and I guess, building on the things that I've already learned in my previous job. So it's just allows me to focus on like the bigger picture and to, to learn more so that I can continue to step up the ladder and eventually maybe become a director or, you know, a manager of the program. So that'll be great. Yeah. There's lots of room for growth. That's, that's really cool. And are you, so, so your micro influencer on the side, do you, do you, are you like an influencer for Abercrombie too? So that's funny. I actually am not an influencer for Abercrombie, but I do do influencing for Abercrombie just naturally. So because I am a lifestyle brand and I blog and everything I do just is surrounding around Ayana Alexis and who I am as a person, Abercrombie is a big part of my life. That's my nine to five job. That's a job that takes up pretty much most of my time. And it's my priority. Of course, I do these other little like social media consulting and just other things on the side. But Abercrombie is my, you know, main objective and so because of that i a lot of times am doing tiktoks doing reels and like the spring outfits and like the new arrivals and what's happening um so i just naturally end up influencing for the brand even though that's not the goal but i really like it i'm mm. not complaining i absolutely love intertwining the two mm. so when it, when it comes to actually like contacting other influencers for your work with abercrombie how do you know where to start with that? I think like a big question a lot of students had, and I asked our executive board for um, just ideas for questions for this episode. And, and like a question we got was, how do you, how do you reach out to people right away or even know where to, where to look? Absolutely. So a lot of people think that, of course, you can use your influencer marketing CRM platforms. You can use your CRM platforms. You can go through web browsers and search different influencers. But honestly, what I enjoy doing is just naturally finding influencers organically. I am scrolling through TikTok every single day anyway. I'm on Instagram all the time. I'm on YouTube all the time, still watching my videos. None of that has changed. So because I'm already on social media a lot and it's already a big piece of what I do anyway, I'm always scrolling through and I'm like, oh crap, Brady, like he's the perfect influencer 
for Abercrombie and Fitch. And so I'm literally going through and screenshotting influencers and I'm like, oh, they would be perfect. I think they'd be perfect for this campaign, et cetera. And so a lot of it's done organically. And then I reach out via email. So of course we have all of our templates of like how we reach out to influencers influencers and all of that but as an influencer i find it so much more personable to have something that's a little bit more custom and something that caters to like me as an influencer so although i have templates like i go through and i customize it based on what that influencer you know does and like based on how i want them how i see them working with abercrombie and so i think for me it's really not in an organic place so scrolling through just in screenshotting people and then just reaching out simply um, honestly, it's, it's more simple than it seems like. Now, does, does the name Abercrombie get people's attention enough where they, they get back to you or is it, is it a constant challenge to get people to notice and care? So it's actually, we have people a lot of times running to us. I get so many emails on a daily basis. Like, Hey, you know, we, my name's so-and-so I want to work with you. Here's my media kit. Like, can you please get me with Abercrombie? And I get a ton of emails that way, which is why we're currently building an ambassador program to house all of that, just because it's a lot of manual work with a lot of people reaching out. Um, but I love it. I, a lot, like more times than not, I'm accepting people into the program because again, Abercrombie, it sometimes scares people when you say that name just because of the negative connotation it did have, you know, back in the day. But now Abercrombie Today, which is actually a new campaign that we launched uh, beginning of 2022, it's really a company where everyone belongs. We've we've built or we've, you know, expanded our sizing. We're a lot more diverse than what it used to be. Um, and it's honestly now such a changed environment, which is why I'm working there. I would not be working there if it wasn't. Um, but yeah, no, I, I honestly... It's, it's great. And I absolutely have a great time there. Hmm. And so technically speaking, you, you use email primarily to get in touch with influencers. Yes. Email and emails the go-to. If I have to, I'll do a DM email contact, but I prefer an email. Okay. Okay. And then when it comes to actually figuring out what the influencer is going to be doing for you, how do you navigate the negotiating? Yeah, so that starts at a, the high level. So what are our marketing needs and what is the campaign that we're focusing on? For example, we just launched a brand new active line called YPB. It stands for your personal best and it's a brand new active line um, that is by Abercrombie. Um, and so for that, we just ran a huge campaign on Instagram and through TikTok. And so of course I reached out to our FitTalk influencers and our influencers in the fitness space. And with that, um, I was able to then negotiate based on what are the marketing needs? Do we need reels? Are we prioritizing stills, et cetera? And of course we want a mix of both because in the influencer world, you always want lots of different content and you want usage terms of everything. So we want paid needs, we want organic social so we can repost on our social channels, repost on our TikTok and all of all of the above. So oftentimes than not, it's easier in my opinion to negotiate a package bundle than it is to just do something that's like a one-time thing. So if you're doing posts for two to three months with the same influencer, they're going to be more inclined to give you a better rate and they're going to be more inclined to work with you than if you're like, hey, Brady, I just want to work with you one time and one time only, and I don't want to build a relationship. That's just not the way to go to go about it. Influencer relations and influencer marketing is all about building that relationship with someone, gaining their trust, and then having a standing relationship where you can depend on this one influencer to help target sales, to help gain revenue, and to bring awareness to the brand, because that's those three are really like the reasons why we do influencer marketing. Hmm. A, a side question off that. Have you made any personal relationships through influencer, influencer marketing that you didn't expect? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I've made so many. And honestly, I've fangirled so many times just by meeting people and just by even having conversations with people's agents. And it might not even be that I'm meeting them in person. One great example is Kylie Jenner. Back at BoxyCharm, uh, we had a longstanding deal with Kylie Jenner. Um, not sure if they're still working with her now. I'm sure maybe they are. But even I didn't get to meet her, which is bad. I wish I did. But even talking to the agent and like me sending out a package for Kylie Jenner, I mean, that to me just was like awesome just to be in that position. I mean, there's just so many YouTubers who I used to watch in high school and who I still watch till this day that I've physically got to meet and will text as like friends now. And it's just so cool to be able to have that relationship, to be able to call them up and to be able to like make relationships with them, um, book deals with them and just like do different things. I think that's the best part to me about influencer marketing is being able to build these relationships and gain trust with these influencers in the industry. It's honestly, it's honestly so cool. And when you meet them, it's like, oh, like you are a regular person. Like this is actually really cool. So yeah, I've definitely met some great people and have fangirled plenty of times at different influencer events. Hmm. That's so cool. I like, I love that you're able to get like a personal personal growth out of that too. I think that's really important. And I think that's what a lot of students are looking for in careers now is, is, I mean, more than the day job, it's, it's what other relationships yeah. build and opportunities to get out of it. Yeah. I, with your background, semi in PR, have you, have you found that that has translated well into your work in influencing? And especially when it comes to that strategizing or I don't know, working with the higher up marketing needs, do you feel like you were well-equipped for that? Or was that a lot of things that you had to learn on the job? Yeah, so I think that's something I had to learn on the job. I didn't know much about PR. And when people said PR, I'm like, what's PR? Like, what is that? But public relations. So really, um, it has a lot to do with media outlets. Um, and that's something that I'm still working on now. Um, PR goes hand in hand with influencer marketing, but they are still two separate things. A lot of people just think that they're just like one thing. Influencer marketing is PR, but they're two separate things that do work hand in hand with each other. So we do have somebody at Abercrombie that does all of our PR um, and he's great. We love all the media, all of the coverage for different events and different things that we're doing. Um, but yeah, I work with PR all the time, whether it's talking to media, sampling media, different, you know, pieces on our new collection so they can write about it um, and featuring different influencers, et cetera. I work with that a lot, but also PR packages. So everybody knows about like the infamous PR packages that it, that brands send to influencers. Um, it could be like big, massive things, or it could be a smaller thing. Um, something that we recently did with Abercrombie was in the, like during the holiday, we had a huge gift box. It had to be like, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It had to be like the size of like a, a box that you would put a bike in. So you can just imagine like it's a huge box. Um, and then it had multiple different outfits. So like we did a date night outfit. We did an outfit for like staying at home and being cozy. So it was just this really great thought out, like really well-designed package that basically gets sent to influencers to incentivize them to post. But also just, again, to give them a thank you for, thank you so much for being a partner with us. We enjoy, you know, our relationship together and we are happy to continue working in the next year. So PR packages is a huge thing and it's something that I'm very familiar with and did a lot both at Box of Charm and currently at Abercrombie too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like every organization designates these things differently and it really is. I mean, they're all connected, right? It's all about building relationships and, you know, finding ways to increase the brand. So yeah, it's, uh, thank you for that perspective. That's, that's interesting. Absolutely. Um, okay. So what would you say your biggest piece of advice is for working with people with such a large variety? I mean, you're talking to people 
from all over, right? Um, yeah. Biggest piece of advice, if you could, if you could go there. Yeah. So, um, talk to them as if they're a regular person, like give them the VIP treatment. That's what I always say. You still give them the VIP treatment. Um, you're always kind, always nice, but still treat them as if they're a regular person. Um, I think that's the biggest thing people really like when you are, are genuine with what you're asking for. It's not like I'm, Hey Brady, you have 10 million followers. I'm only reaching out to you because we want to, you know, generate sales. No, I'm reaching out to you because I genuinely want to build a relationship with you. And I think that you, you know, you're, perfect for our brand. I think that your morals and values of your brand align with our morals and values, and we can really build a great partnership here. Um, And then hopefully it's something that you're able to build a relationship years and years down the road. I know there's some people who I've worked with at BoxyCharm, and that was years ago, who I'm still to this day cool with, and I still have a relationship with. And so it's really great to be able to build those longstanding relationships. So again, I think it's just all about being genuine and staying authentic. Wow. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And, and do you wish, is there anything that when you look back on your career, do you, do you wish you'd done anything differently um, in, in how you've gotten here in, because in, I've heard, and you know, I've, you've watched YouTubers over the years, it's an exhausting thing. So like even the influencing yeah. side alone, have you gotten burnt out or do you wish you had come at that differently? I, the only thing, so I'll, I'll speak from both influencer and then from the business side. So from influencer, the only thing that I wish I would have done was start sooner, honestly. Like I really wish that I would have started my channel in high school and then transitioned to college. And then now to my life, my young adult life that I'm in now, I really wish I just would have started earlier. Um, other than that, I don't feel like I'm burnt out because again, a huge piece of advice I would give is do it out of passion. If you're thinking about starting a channel right now and you're listening to this and you're like, damn, like I really want to start a channel, but I'm scared to, or I, you know, I don't know what people are going to think of me. Don't worry about any of that. Just start the channel. And if you needed a sign, this is the sign. So do it. You won't regret it. And you don't have to feel burnt out. You don't feel burnt out when you're doing something that you truly like doing. And YouTube and social media has always been something I truly enjoy doing. So I never got burnt out from it. Like, yes, is it work? And is editing sometimes a pain to do? Absolutely. And nothing's ever going to be a thousand percent but I love doing it. Never got burnt out for that. My only thing was, I wish I would have started earlier. Um, but from the business perspective, honestly, um, there's nothing really that I would want to do better. Um, the only thing I would say is make sure you're getting internships. So if you're in college and you're thinking about being in marketing or honestly, any career, I would say to make sure you're getting internships. So I had three of them, which was great. I don't, I don't think that you need to have three. You could have one or two even, but that gets that experience under your belt because when you come out, you're going to say, well, how could I possibly have gotten any experience to apply for jobs? Because oftentimes the not jobs are like looking for somebody with one to two, three years of experience. And we're like, well, we were in school. So how did we have a chance to get experience? Like that makes no sense. Um, but again, if the experience can be the internship. It can be a part-time job that's in marketing at a local company where you live. You know, there are different ways or a certificate program, a class, anything like that. Any little itty bitty piece of experience that you can get in college that can apply to you getting a job post-college that's my biggest advice is definitely start now um just so that there's something to look at yeah uh, you're echoing the words of advice of i think every single person that's been on this podcast it's like it's like get involved the opportunities are there you just have to start seizing them if you want to set yourself up after 
Um, yeah, totally. So if students want to think about influencer marketing specifically, what are your, what, what's your advice to them now? I mean, as we talked before the call, it's, it's classes don't necessarily cover that in the way that you're living it out right now, just because it's such a fast moving industry. So how could we start learning about that or get involved sooner? Absolutely. So of course, staying up, staying with the trends. So continue to be on social media, continue to follow the trends and what's going on um, presently, because that's really great to keep up with what's happening. Um, and then I would definitely say to, there are so many jobs out there. So just research, like research on LinkedIn. What are the, who's hiring right now? Like, where can I be? Because one thing, influencer marketing is booming. So there are so many influencer marketing jobs out there right now. And I just, urge you to literally apply, apply, apply. And there's never too many jobs to apply for. So I believe I applied for a hundred plus when I was literally a senior in college. I like was going crazy with applying. And of course I got a lot of rejections, but then I got lots of offers. So you're gonna have both on both ends. Um, and then I think just uh, make sure you have all of your stuff updated. So resume should be updated. Your LinkedIn should be updated. Make sure you have all of the experience there, even if it's if you were a part of a program, if you were had an internship. All of that information is so vital and so important for just recruiters to look at when they're looking at filling these positions. I think as long as you keep all that stuff updated and then you just keep up with the trends, I think you'll be fine. Um, there's so many jobs out there. Abercrombie is always hiring. And if you want to get in contact with me, I would be more than happy to talk to you about, you know, different opportunities there as well. Well, I'm really hoping people are listening because <laughs> that is an awesome connection right there. Thank you. Um, as of we, course. as we wrap up, is there anything else that you, that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with students? Yeah. The only other thing I would say, and I, I believe I mentioned this earlier, but really just, just do it. Like if you really, if you want to do something, do it. Don't worry about what other people say. And I know something that is going to hit you. If it hasn't hit you yet, it will at some point is imposter syndrome. You're going to be in a position where you feel like I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't feel as though I should be put in this position or there's no way I can get a manager role. There's no way I could be a specialist. There's no way I can be a director. Don't think that way. There's always a place for you and if you're in the position you're in you're in there for a reason so act like it stay confident even if you don't know what the hell you're doing act like you know what you're doing because confidence honestly is just half the problem if you're 50 percent confident the other part you'll figure it out um but then also just learn learn from every single experience you have all of the internships all of the classes you're in i know it can be boring to just sit in a classroom but really open your ears grasp all that you can grasp learn what you can learn and grab every opportunity that's in front of you because all of it you'll thank yourself when you're 25 you're my age you'll thank yourself and you'll be like wow I am so happy I did that because now I'm in a position that I'm in. Um, and then also, this might be later advice, maybe not right out of college, but you don't ever think that you, you're not good enough for a certain position. So like, I was like, I remember, I think two years ago, I applied for like an influencer marketing director position at Amazon. And I was like 22 years old. And I'm like, yo, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna get this. This is really reaching for the stars. Applied for it anyway, obviously did not get the job, but got the interview. And that says a lot. That says that, you know what? She, her resume was strong, her like, Skill, her speaking skills were strong because I had to go through two calls before I even got an interview. Um, but, you know, for me to even apply and think that I wasn't going to make it anywhere. And then I realized I actually did make it somewhere. Um, just never, never sell yourself short because you are special and you all have a gift. 
I'm fired up. <laughs> I'm like ready to go. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, yeah. And uh, listeners, I like reach out to Ayana if you have questions. I think she's offering some awesome pieces of advice here, but also just a personal connection if that's something that um, you're interested in. So Ayana, I just want to thank you so much for being on here today. Love talking to you. Love hearing your piece of advice. I think um, it's not only motivating, but it's just it's just really educational for us as, as we're navigating this space. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brady, for having me. I'm so excited um, for you all to hear this. And yeah, I get out there and do it. That's all I can say. <laughs> so I probably say something to this effect every episode, and I really mean it every time. Uh, but this episode, really, I, I just felt that Ayana's words of advice, her experience of just digging in, going after what she saw as, as her dream, staying committed to it even when it was hard, and just learning what she hadn't learned yet through confidence and through um, just a hunger for knowledge and opportunity. All of that just really speaks to who we are as students and what we need to be doing to progress forward in our careers. So I hope you were able to take something from this episode. Like Ayana said, she's open for contact. I, I've listed all her contact information below. For as many followers as she has, she's super accessible. So reach out, seriously reach out and, and, and learn from Ayana as much as I was able to in the conversation that I had with her. Thanks for listening today. Um, stay tuned for another episode of PR Hangover and we will talk to you next time.